Knock, knock. Who's there? Scott Layden and Ethan Casson. This isn't a joke. You're fired. Welcome to episode 98 of Wolves Cast, the show that would definitely attend a lasagna dinner at Papa Glenn's house. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. And welcome today, a special podcast guest. We have John Meyer. EIC. EIC, a can of in the house. I'm blessed, blessed to be here. Thank you guys. Kill yourself. Absolutely. We're we're happy to have uh, John in the house right here, everybody. Welcome back to Wolves Cast after a week off. We all here. A rare week off. A rare week off, and we're all here thinking about lasagna. Mmm. Mmm, we want that lasagna. I would go to the lasagna dinner in Mankato. You can't screw up lasagna. Even the worst no. lasagna. The only offensive good. thing about the lasagna dinner in Mankato is that they're not going to Jake Stadium Pizza, Mankato Ooh, Institution. Shout out to Mankato Pizza Place. Jake Stadium. <laughs> Gotta get over there. Future sponsor. That yes. is, uh, the Vikes used to go to that during the okay. camps. And also, I've been there. It is delicious pizza. Yeah. If they wanted to sponsor the pod for real, I would drop the fake the fake sponsor sticked first Jake's. That's how good their pizza is. We have entirely real sponsors, we promise. But yeah, Jake's, get at us. You can be you can become a sponsor of Wolf's Cast. That'd be that'd be wonderful. Uh but yeah, we're back with Wolf's Cast after a week off. And wow, what a week it has been. Uh very uh very uh you know, notable, very uh, lots of lots of things going on. Uh, Wolves. Uh, oh, what a two weeks it's been. What it's been. What a two weeks it's been. Because yes. Neil went to China. Yep. And usually, when he's on the road with Cuckoo Kangaroo, he can edit from the road. But we decided not to make him edit transcontinental distances. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm excited because a lot of stuff has happened, and you know, it takes a truly special pod to get John on the pod. John, thank you for joining us. Thanks for calling me up from the minor leagues. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I would say yeah, it's the minors because the pro version would be your father, who I love his takes. Oh, I'm always will be follow in John the Daily Wolf on Twitter just to get his takes from his father. And one of the best basketball minds. There was nobody that was happier on Sunday. I called him uh, after after the Lakers win, and I was walking up to Rampy to go to my car. You know, well after yeah, well sure. after the game, it's it's cold. There's nobody around, um, and I, I get the I get the news on my phone that Tibbs has been fired. Wow. So I was shocked. I was shocked. The first thing I did before tweeting or or doing anything, I. I, I had to call my dad, so I gave, yeah. I gave him the news quick. I told him I'd call him back in a few hours, but he was uh, elated to say yeah, the least. He was very upbeat about it. Yes, no, hadn't he like said he was out? He was like out on the team. He was like, I, he I'm was gonna, out. He was. I'm gonna need a break. Right. That was that his was thing. his dad recap that night in the win. That was the night where he wanted to tell oh. everybody that he was ready for the break. He, he's he's been signing all his text messages TGG, which uh, stood for Tibbs got to go. <laughs> Tibbs got to go. I love um, that TGG. And so a lot it should of people, be the name of this episode. Yeah, they they would tweet me and say TGG with a question mark. So, yeah, I tell some people it's Tibbs got to go, but uh, he's very happy and and I think you know Wolvesdom in general is is thrilled with this this move and it's you know it's. You don't want to see people get fired, but this is yeah. the best thing for the Timberwolves. Well, it's one of those things where I, I try not to celebrate people losing their jobs or their livelihoods because this is still, you know, relating to people on a personal level. But you got to feel okay that, uh, you know, Tibbs has what, $21 million still owed to him still or something? Owed, yeah. He's getting a $20 million vacation. So uh, you know, while at the same time it, it stinks to get fired, I'm not going to feel too bad because he can go see all the movies he wants with that kind of uh, payday. What well, do you think? And with all that, let's, let's get right into it here. Here's the tip. That's full court press. We're talking about Tibbs. Yeah, uh, we heard tips. where John was. For me, 
I did this thing that my wife hates. Shouts to Meg, my lovely wife, mm. who doesn't listen, but I tell her I shout her out <laughs> in trying to get her to listen. This is a special. Uh, I was spending time sometimes on Sundays. We go hang out with the in-laws in Bloomington before we play pickup hoops in yep. Bloomington as well. And I was just sitting there looking at my phone, and the, I got the notification that popped up, Shams. and I shouted. I was like, "Oh my god!" And <laughs> Meg hates that. She always thinks like someone right. died or yeah. like that I just swerved off the road or something. She always assumes the worst when I like exclaim after seeing something on my phone but it was one of the times she didn't chastise me for it because i was like tom thibodeau got fired and like uh john beerling uh, meg's father was like oh my gosh and meg was like okay this is big enough news i'm not going to chastise you for yeah. exclaiming yeah it's something okay that you saw on your phone you got a pass for for the exclamation where were you neil uh, i was in hong kong yeah i was that's uh, right robert and i were texting each other and you were not it. adding no, to it I, because no, you were asleep see, or something yeah i didn't i didn't see robert's message and and yeah that was i was in hong kong got coffee and was like had i I, w- I when I wake up every day in Hong Kong because of the time difference, I have like so many tweets or whatever, and I did notice an inordinate amount of tweets in that in my timeline. But eventually got to it and just couldn't believe it. And again, I immediately tweeted like I can't believe the timing. The timing was the main the thing weird. I thought of. Right after two wins, a seventeen point win and a twenty two point win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Weird. Weird. And and, as, and you know, I, for some reason, I think of the All Star break as like a time when this would happen. But I guess you know, as we saw, it was after was it after game forty one or was it after game 40? 40. And, and 40. people on Canis Hoopus were joking that uh, Glennett must think that there's eighty games in the season because he I believe he fired Dwayne Casey fired at the Dwayne forty Casey game mark as well. Dwayne Casey was twenty and twenty. <laughs> Tibbs was nineteen and twenty one. Either way, both it's the halfway point of the season. Close enough. Close yeah. enough. Both, yeah. both coaches who have won. And I guess that 40 game or that you know half season mark just really means a lot to It's to weird. I think <laughs> right? it's weird because Tibbs wasn't in town. Yeah. Tibbs was in Florida. Or you mean Glenn, yeah. Excuse me, you're right. Yeah. Glenn. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Glenn was not in town. And which is weird because, you know, Glenn, we we make a lot of jokes about the country club atmosphere he runs and stuff like that. But I, I don't know why. Is this a mistaken thing where I thought Glenn was the kind of guy who would fire people face-to-face? Because now I remember uh, Sam Mitchell, Salty Smitch, was let go before the final game of the season. He got called and said, hey, it's game 82. You're, you're, you're not going to be our coach anymore. Go and coach this final game of the season. But that was Glenn's call. I mean, yeah, it, he, but again, not a face-to-face. But it wasn't face-to-face. So yeah. now I'm wondering if I'm just giving Glenn too much credit for assuming that he does this stuff face-to-face. Maybe he's a coward. He had Scott Layden, who is a Tibbs guy, which is a, <laughs> very dirty to have a Tibbs guy fire Tibbs, but it was Scott Layden and the CD, CEO, Ethan something. Ethan Kessin. And I, right. I wonder if this was a lot of Ethan on it because it, I feel like it was like a you know again I mean we, we should talk about this so there's a lot of obviously you know ideas that this has had a lot of business related nature to why this was happening obviously all the booing um, you know the ticket sales way down 29th in attendance and then to have Ethan Kasson the CEO um, sort of more of the business side of the guy who's brought over from the 49ers franchise um basically to have to have him go in and do it I wonder if this was sort of like a Glenn move of like all right Ethan you want to do this you're going in there, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you, it, this is on you. Yeah, I can see that. And perhaps it shows the the kind of power he has in the organization as well. Yeah, yeah. Now and and that power is, has now shifted uh, away from Tibbs, and and it was a shocking for me. It was so shocking. That's I literally I was shook. I didn't know how to process this yeah. information that night. I got home and I was like, I don't know what to think because I expected Tibbs to be fired. 
I didn't think he was going to make it through this season because you you could kind of see the game the the team they were going they'd win a game they'd lose a game they they looked like a 500 team and and they were not going to make the playoffs and they they started to collect some really poor losses to the Hawks and to the Suns and you know there were some losses in there that was like okay come on if you're a playoff team you got to win those so you felt that it was coming down the line but like I think you said maybe closer to the all-star break instead of a a Sunday after you beat the Lakers and so well that's kind of the weird thing you assume you know you wait for a bad loss to fire your coach maybe you want to fire your coach and then you win a few and you're like oh there's gonna be a bad loss I've said this too there's no there's no perfect time for a breakup yeah you just have to do it and also like I don't fault the Timberwolves for firing him after a win if you're gonna change coaches do it sooner than later I don't fault them for not being like oh he won I guess I guess we better wait till the next loss to fire him we know we're gonna do it let's just wait I I you know I'm happy they decided to do it even though we won they were like this is the move we're gonna do let's do it because I think it'd be silly just for a PR standpoint and to, to be honest I, I I do believe that this decision was made a long time ago and the only thing that could have reversed it is was just tremendous success this season and obviously that wasn't It sounds happening. like this the decision was sealed after we lost to the Suns. Mm, yeah. Because they Glenn cited a few bad losses, Detroit and the Suns and two other ones that I didn't feel like were terrible losses considering the circumstances, but they cited a few bad losses being like this is one and uh, so I think the Suns you as, shouldn't lose to the Suns. As I replay the season though, I I really felt like that preseason loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, the way it went down in How, the, the one in Milwaukee. Yes, yeah, they yeah. they showed up. They were lifeless. They got absolutely Wait, was destroyed. Was this in Milwaukee or Iowa? It was in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. It was at their new stadium. But because I never would tweet this kind of stuff, but I said Glenn's got to make the call that night. It felt like it just felt like this team they're not going to respond to Tibbs this season. And so I thought if you didn't do it in that moment, it was going to be something where you gave him kind of half season to see if it you could work it out. But I I just go back to that game, and that's kind of when I knew in my heart that Tibbs was absolutely not the guy no matter whatever faith that I was trying to hang on to it kind of went away in that moment and then now you know we have this great change in one of the best games I can remember in a long time with the Ryan's first win yeah and you know we'll get to all that we'll get to Ryan but let's talk about a little bit about the the case against Tibbs right I'm never happy the case of why Tom Thibodeau is not the right coach for the team anymore. And for me, we have to improve. The number one thing we have to start with is the just sort of his old school approach to everything, whether that be how he talks to players, treats players, and then going into his schemes. One you know, of the things offensively I thought about, and right before, like a game before Thibodeau got fired, he said something nice about Carl Anthony Towns in a post game interview. And then the reporters went to Towns with that information. It was like, Tibbs compliments you. And Towns said, Oh my God, Tibbs complimented me? What? <laughs> he was like legitimately shocked in this interview. He stopped the reporter and was like, wait, Tibbs complimented me? Yeah. And Tibbs got fired like three days later. And I just I, wonder if was, that's like I one of the I wouldn't say things. shocked because I was standing right in front of him and I posted the video. But yeah. I, it was sarcastic. It was a record scratch um, moment. It, it was a joke, but at the same time... <laughs> There is a kernel of truth in these jokes. Yes, you know, it, it wouldn't be lot. it wouldn't be funny if it weren't true to some extent. I just said, well, I was like, that basically tells you all you need to know because yeah. right. this is the thing that it has bothered me for a while is that Tibbs needed to hitch his wagon to Carl, mm. and that is his biggest mistake. Yeah. He hitched his wagon to Jimmy and his guys, <laughs> and at the, in the end of the day, Carl is very much the type that he needs to he needs positive reinforcement. He needs to know that you're praising him or, to hey, the press. Just meet with Carl if he wants to meet you. We heard about this summer Carl wanted to meet with Tibbs and Tibbs was like, "No. No, no." And yeah. so like Carl wanted to meet with him and Tibbs wouldn't do it. 
In fact, uh, you know, go ahead. I got something I'm going to talk about. Yeah. So Tibbs, you know, treating players, you know, kind of, you know, harshly, and especially for the young guys, like. You know, these days it's just not what it's not what flies with young guys. You know, and you know, John and I were talking a little bit off mic before this, and you know, kind of think it comes down to sort of just how young people are these days. And twenty to twenty-five year olds, it's not like it was back in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, even where these guys can take it because that's how the old school came up. Young people are different these days, and Tibbs does not see that. Does not necessarily does not see really how to get through to young players. Does not seem interested in developing players. He just wants to bring in his guys and just have it be so. So I think that's part of the issue here. And, and the the screaming on the sidelines and just the constant like, dude, you can sit down. It's okay. And the micromanaging of every single possession and telling, yelling at guys where to be and everything. That I don't think that works with these guys. We have to improve. And I and I did feel like. You know, I don't want to be the body language police, but you see some of these guys over up, up the, over his tenure here, and it's like you look at Tyus Jones, you look at Gorgie Jang, and you know Dario Sarge. Now I've, I started to see it more recently, but like they're you know change your face, right? Yeah. Like Ricky always said, they looked angry. Yeah, and so you know they you gotta Alexi, change change his face, be happy. Enjoy it. Even when like Derrick Rose, I think the other day had like told Tibbs like tone down the militant stuff or whatever he said. <laughs> it's just like to be fair, guys, I will say this: I don't think it's good for the team. I found it highly entertaining as a fan. Sure, I remember if we're like we almost had a power, we almost had a thing where we we're going to rank our it's top laughable. Tibbs moments. Yeah. And one of my top Tibbs moments was last season. One of the first games I went to was against the Spurs, and I was in the upper deck. It was the first game where I've ever sat on the upper deck and I could hear clearly the coach <laughs> yelling everything. And I wasn't on the the opposite side of the court i was behind, <laughs> behind him back and yeah. i heard his voice carrying and there's um, been so much drama with this organization over the past 12 months i i'm sure i'm not the only one that has felt this but sometimes like i just wanted to i just want to comment on basketball and what right. is happening on the floor yeah. and and so much of it was the off the court stuff or what was happening on the sidelines or the community the non-communication aside from it it's like when can we just get back to basketball I remember totally. our favorite uh, Timberwolves writer, Britt Robson, who no longer has a pod, was on Dana Moore's pod earlier yeah. this season, yeah. and he said basketball has been the casualty of the Jimmy Butler fiasco, <laughs> is that we're not talking about basketball. We're talking about personalities yeah. and drama, yeah. clubhouse tension. We're not yeah, actually beef. talking about X's and O's. And he was like, that's the casualty that we're all losing out, is we're not talking about the actual sport anymore. And I've talked with, with on that same subject with Britt throughout the season, it, before the game, during the game, after the game, is that it is hard to write about these things, the X's and O's and things schematically that you want to look at when you feel so overwhelmed by, oh, your whole timeline is talking about the drama with Jimmy or Cat or Tibbs. And it's like, let's just play basketball. Also, man. it's hard to analyze trends or coaching decisions when you know this team isn't going to be this way in a couple weeks. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, I found what I was going to say, Neil, sure. and then I, before I told you to vamp. Yeah. It's a Britt Robson article on The Athletic, the four-part recipe for the oily stew of dysfunction that ousted Tom Thibodeau. One, that's a headline by Britt. The, the oily, oily dis- stew. I love that. love the oily stew. Point number four, it was just like, I think, underscoring some of the dysfunction on the business side of things that you have. It is internal, infernal, internal affairs. Thibodeau came in stressing the need for a Wolves to develop a winning culture. Toughness. Was the word that he used. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little in this paragraph, I just realized. Stories began to emerge about how only certain people in the organization were allowed to enter Thibodeau's office. About how a voluble, a voluble 
media-friendly player like Jamal Crawford was encouraged to cut his interactions with the press because he was becoming too much of a spokesperson for the team and about how television analyst Jim Peterson was denied access to practices that might better inform and improve the communication with the viewers. This is also kind of like Tibbs firing Carl Anthony Towns' favorite assistant coach in the offseason. I'm the guy you want to come to. And Jamal, stop talking to the press because I'm the guy the press should come to. And Jim Pete, don't come to our practices because I'm the guy. Yeah, and, and, and this speaks to a larger issue of sort of Tibbs not connecting to the organization overall. Um, you know, you need to listen to uh, the AM 1500 ESPN podcast today featuring Jim Peterson. He kind of digs into all this Raised stuff. Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves. And you need to dig in and, and digs into all this stuff about Tibbs did not build any bridges, did not um, create any allies within the organization. And uh, whether, uh, you know, no matter what your your motives are for doing these things, you need to do them. Uh, like John was talking about this earlier. Like, to be, befriend anybody in the media. Like, do anything to sort of like, especially when you're the coach and the president of basketball operations, there's more you need to do than just the on-court stuff. And it seemed like that was a major failing here, too. And it got all the way to Glenn, who isn't even around for the day-to-day stuff, right? He has people report to him. He's in Mankato. He's elsewhere. He's, he's sitting courtside of the game, so obviously he sees some of it. But yeah. Let's be clear here, though. Because if Tom Thibodeau was angry with the press and being this kind of closed-off, surly guy who's only focused on basketball, if he was just the coach in doing that, whatever. That's sure. fine. You're the yeah. coach. I would like it if you treated the press like people. I would like it if you had interviews. I think that's something coaches should do. But you know what? If you just want to be like, I was okay with him being a curmudgeon in Chicago. But you're not just but the, the coach here. Yeah. You're the president of basketball operations. Yeah. You are Both the jobs. Guy, yeah. and so if you're saying people can't meet with you, if you're denying to meet with the press, and you're the PBO, POBO, yeah, PBO is pretty Pobo, 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 PBO is pretty The thing is, the booze every single game, yeah, yeah. Uh, during the introductions yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, being 29th in attendance, all these things they start to add up. We can all look at one thing or two things and kind of try to point it to that. It's it's just a collection of things, and that's where it went sideways, sideways on Tibbs, and I'm sure he'll regret. Um, a lot of things during his tenure here because it's it's. I it disagree. Was, I don't think he'll regret anything. <laughs> I don't um, think he'll regret anything. You know what? Maybe you're right. But if he if he isn't like Neil and I were talking about, if he kind of isn't allowed back in basketball, like NBA basketball, maybe he's an assistant somewhere. But this he, he seems like a basketball lifer. I think at, at some point he's going to have to have that come to Jesus if moment. He wants to. Yeah. I think he'll get his Jimmy Butler third team, which means that sure. like Jimmy Butler ruined one team. Okay. That was a bad team. Jimmy Butler ruined two teams. Hey, I know it's uh, fool me twice, shame on me, but maybe it was a second bad team. Jimmy Butler's on his third team ruining it. And so it's like, and then people are like still willing to trade for him to get to him to the third team. It's the same with Thibodeau. Thibodeau burned out his first team. Whatever. That might have been Gar Pax. Thibodeau burned out his second team. Well, that's just Glenn Taylor. Wait for the third team. I think Thibodeau will get hired one more time for a head yeah, coaching. There's, a, there's 30 teams. It only takes one team to like him, and that's it. But, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see who hires him. Finally, one more thing before we move off of Tibbs. His, the end the end of Tibbs was the Butler situation, right? He, like you're saying, he hitched his wagon to Jimmy, and when that wagon pulled out of town, that was it for, 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 for Tibbs as well. We thought it might take a little bit longer for this to happen, but ultimately, when the Butler situation blew up, that was the end of, of Tibbs. And my only comment is he has so many opportunities to kind of... To fix it. To yeah. fix it, yeah. and just to stand up for and shift to his, his talking points to just say, Wiggs and Towns are the guy now. And I thought it was so embarrassing how he just stood so loyal yep. by a guy that had betrayed him yeah jimmy never did anything wrong in his eyes you know <laughs> and so I'm like dude this guy he's 
Jimmy's breaking up with you. You need to break up with him. And so now this is what you get. He's hitting up. All right, moving on to Ryan Saunders. Got to talk about Ryan here. He is uh, he is the new interim coach. One year older than me. Timberwolves. Yes, 32-year-old Ryan Saunders Scary, in the right? house here. Should be doing so much um, more with my life. Uh, he has been uh, protected by Glenn Taylor. When uh, Tibbs came into town, uh, he was the only person that could not be fired. And Miami uh, tried to hire. Really? I don't remember Miami that. tried to hire Ryan Saunders okay. away from us. And yeah. Glenn said, no, 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 no. no, no. no. He's, He's safe. Staying here. He's staying here. So, uh, you know, the writing was always kind of on the wall for, for Ryan that if Tibbs was to go, that he would be the guy um, to go for it. And, you know, Ryan's paid his dues in some ways, uh, you know, coming up, uh, University of Minnesota, um, and then, you know, in Washington with flip when flip was there and then back to minnesota when flip came back um to the wolves and so he's put in a lot of time a lot of games uh, as an assistant coach as a player development coach as well so he knows these guys really well um has been with wiggins he the entire time he hasn't really put in his dues in the sense that some of these nba right. coaches like yep. Thibodeau was an assistant coach for 20 so years he was before like he got his shot yeah. you know <laughs> he's 60 years old looking good for 60 yeah. by the way i'll say that 60 uh yeah. but ryan on the other hand uh he put in the sweat equity, yeah. though. And that's something that like doesn't transfer between organizations. If Miami hired him and gave him the head coach, everyone would be like, why are you giving this 32-year-old the job? Yeah. But everyone in the Timberwolves organization, Andrew said on, on the mic with Marnie on the OKC game, he said, Ryan has been the only coach who's been with me every year of my pro time. career. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. been here every year. And so for Timberwolves players, they've seen the hours that mm-hmm. Ryan has put in. So other, other teams might not respect him as much, but every Wolves player on this team, when they got here, Ryan was here already. John, as your experience, credentialed media member for the Wolves, you know, what have, what have your interactions been with Ryan? What do you think of him as a coach? What do you, how do you think this will go um, for him here in the, the final 41 games or whatever of the Timberwolves season? <laughs> I think a lot of people will say the same thing. He's, he's a very kind person. Mm. I think he has put in the work. He has been an assistant for 10 years. Yes, of course, we can say nepotism, right? Sure. He wouldn't have been here yep. if his father wasn't here. Yeah. One of the key aspects of all Tim Roll NBA franchise well, history. around the league. You, know, yeah. you look at Colangelo's. Well, and uh, that's true, too. Family, but, uh, but, yeah. I don't want to say Ryan is the Sean McVay of the NBA. NFL reference. But I will say... Sort of get. <laughs> yeah, I I know Scott likes his. I did the minor league reference early to get the bat the baseball, the baseball reference. I love on that. that. Yes, um, yes, yes. I don't want to say Sean McVay, but I want to say this. I believe in Ryan Saunders. This is my endorsement. I watched him. I went out to Vegas and I watched him coach two summer leagues. Wow. I talked to him after the games. I always found him to be a strong motivator. I thought. He always had more advanced sets than most summer league teams that want to play ISO ball. Hmm, interesting. I thought that he, well, he's just a kind person. I'll tell he's you guys got a his story. dad's playbook. I think sure. it was, it was uh, I want to say it was three years ago, but uh, it was a post game um, media availability, availability with Ryan there. And there was like three people there because it's summer league. Right. And we asked a few questions. I probably didn't ask any good questions, but uh, it ended and Ryan was just. It ended, the mics are done, and he just said, hey, a couple of my friends uh, have sent me some of your tweets. They're good. <laughs> wow. And I just said... Uh, wow. tweets are good. That's a, that's a true 32-year-old. And I just you said, know. thanks, Ryan. But it made me feel good. And yeah. he has said hello to me over the years just before the game. Hey, John. I'm like, me? I mean, it's surprising that you remember my name, but... Uh, you know, I watched the shootarounds with Wiggs. He's been, you know, I've covered this team since Wiggins' rookie year. That was my first year. I've watched the way he's connected with Wiggins. That's the dream, right? Yeah. That he is the Wiggins whisperer. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, the dream. Yeah. Exactly. And he we can saw get it in the first. We saw it in the OKC game. Shout 40 points. Wiggs, man. 
Right, he's finally listening. 40 points, 10 rebounds. That just the way he attacked Paul George, an all NBA defender. And Tibbs and Wiggins said after a game, this team is rightfully his. Yeah, wow. What a quote. This wow. team is rightfully his. But the thing is, we've seen these flashes from Andrew before. It's all about consistency. And so, what I want to see, as much as I believe that Ryan, and I'm hoping more than anything, because I'm a Timberwolves fan, I, I, I am hopeful and I want this to work out. But I. I want to see him inspire the team as a whole and really get a lot out of everybody and start to develop those guys. And I want to see Gorgie Jang, that kind of old G, come back. I want to see Tyus Jones take a couple steps in his game. I want to see that Wiggins that we saw way more often and Carl clean up some of the stuff um, that has hurt him in the past. But I, I like Ryan Saunders. And more than anything, I'm just rejuvenated, man. Yeah, it's exciting. And like another thing that Ryan does that Flip used to do, and this kind of ties in with him recognizing you for your tweets, is that Flip knew all the reporters in town. He called into the radio shows, and the day after the OKC win, Ryan called into all the local radio sto- wow. shows and did interviews with everyone, yeah. with PA, with all AM 1500. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, that's what Flip used to do, was like made sure he reached out to all the media afterwards, and that's something Tibbs never did. I think the main question about Ryan is, this is something you see almost in every sport, but especially in the NBA. If your head coach gets fired, you win the next game. Sure. Because all the players rally around the yeah. assistant coach, and they do that thing. And that's a, what happens. a halo period. Yes, there, <laughs> there's the bump effect. Yeah. And then, you know, the pure inspiration can fuel you, fuel you for one game or two games. Fuel is the word I was trying yes, to say. Yes, yes, in yes, case. Yes, you got it. I got to tie it up in there. Nailed it. And then it runs out, and then it turns more on your coaching acumen. So I, I, that's the biggest thing I'm worried about is that I know everyone wanted to win for Ryan, but how far can that take you, you know? I think the support system around him is very strong. Mm. I look at a guy like Todd Gibson. I mean, that's one of the most professional guys I've ever been around, and he's older than Ryan. Mm. (laughs) I look at Anthony Tolliver. He came in that game against OKC. He has one of his best games this season. He's a leader. And you look at Ed Pinkney, yeah, he's the been around staff. forever. Yeah, the yeah. coaching staff. And I think he's yeah. going to lean on those guys a yeah. lot. A lot more than Tibbs Unlike ever Tibbs, leaned on yeah. those guys. Yeah, I'm like and, Tibbs, yeah. and so I think I just felt this. I don't know if you guys had this vibe, but it was like a wolves against the world. And like, sure. we're all together. And like, yeah. yeah, we're going through this turbulent time, but let's prove people wrong. And then let's just become a team. Yeah. And the one thing that, go ahead, Neil. Well, I was just going to say that I, I hope that Ryan, too, for, you know, something that we, you know, the number one thing we're kind of talking about Tibbs about is how old school he was. And I just hope that Ryan can really bring the opposite, whether it be connecting with players all the way into the playbook, into hopefully switching more on defense. Hope, it seems like he knows how to get Wiggins going a little bit more, whether that be with the dribble handoff. Seems like there's been more dribble handoff. He was with also Wiggins. doing offensive defensive substitutions in ways yeah, that just, Tibbs I just want a did. more smart, modern approach fewer minutes for some of these guys right like don't play Rose Rose and Covington some of the older guys so many minutes like 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 stuff like that to me is what I'll be looking for and what I want from our next coach whether it's Ryan or somebody else and just the substitution patterns too you kind of you guys have talked about that but yeah just you don't have to be so rigid in your approach every yeah. single game and then also you don't have to play a guy 16 to 18 to 20 straight minutes yeah. you're doing that with Wiggins and Rose and that's yeah, right. not good the only yeah. thing I saw during the OKC game which we all agree is a highlight yeah a great we'll game. get some more of that the later. only thing that worried me was there was a time where Ta- Towns had to sit down because of his foul trouble and then Ryan came over to talk to him on the bench and you could clearly say 
see Towns say "f off." Oh yeah, I did he was complaining too. and then said he was mad because he had come. He had come out. He had come out due to fouls. Yeah, yeah, and, and I Ryan, get it. Just tried to calm him down. That was one like, of the things where I was like, that, "That is something Cat would never say to Tibbs." Cat feels like he can say it to Ryan because Ryan's his buddy. But I just don't know if you can succeed as an yeah. NBA team when your yeah. best player can tell your coach yeah. "f off" f while off. he's yeah. sitting on the bench. I took the video on my phone. I made the executive decision not to post it to Twitter. I appreciate it. And the reason is decision. Well, Carl, he it was just in the flow of the game. If you know Carl. He's just, it. Yeah. He just has those emotions. And maybe and I it, didn't maybe a it's a good thing. Maybe if you're empowering your best player to say how he feels, that's better than what Tibbs sure. said. It was just one little thing that I took note of. And maybe we should watch it. It was a mental forward, note, yes. Know? Do we think that Ryan will eventually change rotations? Or what, what do we think about that? Do we, is, there, is there anything kind of new coming? Or do you think like this season kind of already is what it's going to be? I, I think the way he changes rotations is that he doesn't play players as many minutes. Sure. And that's how you see new rotations. It's maybe like yeah. uh, Tibbs used to like to you know give Covington two minutes off at the end of the first then start the second with Covington I don't think we'll see that under Ryan so I think that's the way we'll see rotation they're going to play faster so more guys are going to play it sounds like he's going to go to the 10-man rotation and injuries happen as well but I do think he's going to be more flexible and say and kind of maybe ride the hot hand a little bit more if let's say it's mm. Dario's really yeah. really going hot or if Tyus is really feeling it I think it Ryan, won't be such a strict you're out you, yeah. it's, it's your time it's more like hey you're going Let and then also it. another thing is you know Gorgie when he shuffles his feet and gets to travel <laughs> Gorgie <laughs> would get pulled very quickly yeah. and Tibbs was, would lose it Yeah, I think Ryan we're going to see those kind of mistakes where it's just like next possession let's go and I think that, yeah. that really motivates the guys it's to true. just say let's it's just true. move forward and just like, I hate when a player makes a mistake and then you see him fall apart on the court because he's so guilted over the mistake. Yeah, that's how you know, is like the best example. Yeah, of that. yeah, exactly. Where the coach is just too tough on that person, where you just gotta let him know mistakes happen. One last thing about Ryan, he's gonna get a huge applause first game out, right? That's it's right. It's gonna be very different. He's got the same neck ticks as Flip. <laughs> he crouches crouch? down like oh, Flip. The sound just crouches. There's so many. There's the so many squat. flipisms there. Yes. That, yeah. I'm. I mean, we're going to the game. We'll, be we'll, be there. There. we'll all three be there uh, for the mm-hmm. Dallas game, and we will be standing and cheering. Yep. Drips on. Trips. <laughs> trip, trip, trip. He's on fire! All right, finally, some miscellaneous thoughts about this whole Tibbs firing situation, what it means for the franchise. And by that, we forward. mean the weirdest thing is that Tibbs' guy, Scott Layden, we, we all said Tibbs was the coach and GM. Technically, Scott Layden was the GM, but yep. we were all saying that's one of those figurehead positions. Yeah. We all know Tibbs is controlling both jobs. And so when Tibbs gets dismissed and we still have Tibbs' GM, what does that mean? What does it mean? What does it mean here? What does it mean for Scott Layden? Can he still possibly have this job after this season? And a lot of people no. think that the the Covington's uh, Sharich trade was a Scott Layden creation. That's sort of, um, you know, Tibbs was kind of told to back away from this deal. You're just the coach. Stay over here. So we don't know. I, I feel like Scott Layden might be, you know, to to be uh, plotted for what we like about the Butler trade. But, uh, yeah, Scott Layden, I don't know. He seems like a lame duck also. At this I just point, wish right? we didn't have to wait for the audio biographies to come out at the end of right. their lives to the figure out the truth. The I want to know the truth, right? We <laughs> right. won't know it for yeah, the years. You could repackage this season in a soap opera oh my yeah. God. Be the I, number one soap opera in America I have yeah. a book on my desk at work that's like the season that saved basketball that's not what it's called it has a better name but it's yeah. like the first season LeBron went to Miami it was talking about Dirk beating him all the different storylines yeah, like, so this was a season that really rejuvenated the whole country True. on basketball NBA. Yeah. and I would love to read a book like that for the season um, so Scott Layden still the GM for the rest of the year like you know Glenn Taylor has made has you know has quotes about thinking that this is a playoff team do you think Scott Layden will make a trade of any sorts to potentially uh, win now and, and maybe keep the thing going i think that glenn has probably like frozen his 
Like I, I, I don't think he's allowed to really do anything. Okay, the, yeah. I, I think they're just going to go in a holding that makes pattern. Sense. That makes a lot of sense um, because it's not fair, probably for Layden to make a move because you know he's probably still trying to figure out where to to bury the knife that he stabbed Tibbs in the back with. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't see Scott Layden. I don't have any problem with him. Sure. Uh, besides, he ruined the New York Knicks. But and he looks <laughs> his looks are very like he got out of the Swarmy. shower all the time. Yeah. And he was. I crit- don't know. Wasn't he criticizing Krasinski? He's like, who are your nominees? Yes, he did. He did. Sources. He, he did during media He's day. He's a little it was, crusty. It, it was awkward. But I don't. If I had to like put money on, it, I don't see him. Him and Tibbs were too connected. I don't see him being around, but at the same time, Glenn, if he's going to eat this twenty million with Tibbs, is he, does he want to eat the ten million or what wow. five million with Layden too? Yeah. And another thing that my daddy keeps telling me this over and over <laughs> and over, he's like, you know, another reason why Ryan Saunders is a great coach is we don't have to pay him anything. <laughs> he's already he just stays contract. on the same contract. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's still, a company man. That's the expert insight we're looking for from John's father. <laughs> okay, before we move on, what do we think the Wolves should do here, though? Like for because well, t- for, for me, I think that the Wolves should trade Derrick Rose. They should trade some of the these older guys to me the writing's on the wall here's the sure, question the, playoff, though, Neil. the playoffs to me are out of the question wait with, why uh, well for, let me start with robert covington missing probably a month or so with this injury and I mean, yet we're still one game under 500 I, i'm not saying it's impossible the, the wolves can't make the playoffs but to me i think that y- you should maybe look to the future here try to move gorgie try to move derrick rose here get some pieces back so you can continue to build in the future this is not the wolves year i don't think this is a call we can make right now i think this is something we'll talk about on the pod in a month sure right now we are in the fight we're two games out of eighth is that what we decided Bring it on. No, they or two games out of the playoffs. January is, and also is a lot of the the West is crazy right now. Yeah, there's only one team that's bad in the West, and that's the Suns. Everyone else is fighting, and I can see the Wolves being one of those teams that says, "Let's take our foot off the gas and try to get a pick." But I could see Dallas being that team. I could see Sacramento being that team. They could trade off stuff, and so like I just think that right now it's really weird for us. I think that we are close enough in the heat of stuff. That as an organization, we're going to try because we're two games out. We're going to try. Yeah, it I, doesn't make sense yet to trade off Taj and Rose and just tank because we're not there yet. There's still and a maybe month in a month we there's will. Still be. a month. Yeah, there's still a month. So to I the think trade it, deadline. it's a weird call right now. I wonder if the reason we kept Scott Layden is because just like with Coach, we're keeping Saunders for the interim. It would be weird to hire Hoiberg right now because a coach wants the summer to implement his sets. He wants to have the training camp, get the players to know his offense and his defense because if you. Go go in the middle of season you have to run like the bare basics kind of you know paint by numbers playbook you're gonna look terrible as a coach and so like a coach wants to not take over midseason he wants to take over in the offseason yeah. i wonder if the same is true with gm it, it, re- it reminds sure. me a lot of milt newton he yeah, I, he's yeah. Just, you got you got to have someone in the in this job and in the role and do they believe in scott Layden long term i i doubt it but if like, i doubt it too the, the thing is let's just for my advice to the wolves if they They'll never ask, but just try to ride this wave <laughs> Keep as it long as, as you is. can. Yeah. Just plus, ride this wave and see how you can, if you can really capitalize on this positive momentum and like this mojo, if the team comes together. I mean, I've watched that locker room video a million times. How excited did they all look? Oh, my you God. You just ride that wave as long as you can. The happiest and you they've see, ever looked. You just see where it goes, and then let's if it's good, then you keep it together for another season because it's like it's a one year deal and st- for some of these guys with Taj yeah. and D Rose and yep. stuff. Antique, yeah. You just keep it together. If it goes sideways, think, you make some trades. I right? also think you're keeping the option open to give the next person coach in PBO if you want. Yeah, not PBO, Pobo, Pobo. <laughs> and which I think every NBA team is rightfully now like, don't let the coach That's be your wrap. GM. That's a wrap. But <laughs> if you're trying to recruit someone, leaving that job open could sure. help you. 
Yeah. Recruit some people. Sure. And also, though, the only difference is the coach has to have his S ready together by training camp. The GM needs to have his S ready by draft day. Right. And that's a lot harder to yep. turn over quickly. So, cool. All right. Let's, uh, let's pay some bills. Time to get to our sponsor. Following is a public service announcement from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dear fans, it's us, your favorite perpetually terrible local basketball team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. If there's something we know well, it's how to disappoint you. You know the names. David Kahn, Kurt Rambis, Randy Whitman. The list goes on. For years, we've entrusted the fate of the team in a bunch of men who are truly awful at their jobs. As it turns out, Tom Thibodeau was the latest name on that list. We figured his hard-nosed, no-nonsense ethos and high-intensity workaholic standards would be appealing to you. But instead, yet another failure, yet another frustrating figure running the franchise. Today, we're here to spread the good news. We've heard your incessant booing. We felt the vitriol in your social media posts. The Wicked Witch is dead. The Tom Thibodeau era is over. So come on down to Target Center. Plenty of good seats are available for the remainder of the season. We're really sorry. Remember the wise words of one Richard Rubio. Change this face. Enjoy. Buy tickets. This has been a public service announcement from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And up next, it's Power Rankings. Power. 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 Rank, rank, power, the most Bill Nye of all. The oh, yeah, drugs. Bill Nye, power rankings. Rank, rank, rank. All right, we're here to... Power, put them in an order. We're here to rank the top moments of the first half of the season. We are 50% of the way through the season, and we want to talk about our favorite things that have happened. So if our favorite, or just sort of like notable, the best notable things. We're like 47% of the way through yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah, so we're starting at number seven. It's got to get the swish up. You get the swish. I got the swish, it's up Neil. Top. It's up top. Uh Doo-doo. Number that's se- not the swish. That's not the swish. <laughs> that's all right. Number seven. Number seven. Doo-doo. Number seven is uh, Derek Rose's fifty points. Oh yeah, scoring fifty points. I believe it was on Halloween against uh, the, the Utah Aff- Jazz. You're not living in the year 2018 if you aren't conflicted about every good thing that happens in your life. <laughs> but it was a really cool night. Uh, it was, it a, was fun, a cool night. We game. needed that win. Got we a were big win. We were barren. A lot of players were benched. Uh, we needed someone to step up that night. It was our first night when it, wearing the classic. The classics. My favorite uniforms. Yeah. Black Timber Trees black. uniforms. I love them. Timber I trees. found out. Uh, were you there the day they re- unveiled those jerseys at the Mall of America as a child? Oh. Because uh, I no. found out Neil and I were, and so was Joe Mandy. All right. Yeah. They unveiled the new logo and had players come out on the new jerseys. Yeah. We were in like elementary school. When is Mandy doing Wolves cast? I know. he's He was on once last season. We, we did get him uh, on one yeah, episode. We on. Maybe, get him maybe back. we'll do it again. We'll make the call. Yeah, so that was a big game. 50 points for D-Rose. I will, I say, I will say it was uh, one of the best performances, individual player performances I've ever seen it live. Yeah, live. Uh, it was incredible. And uh, 
that's all I'm going to say. And they about keep it. winning in those jerseys. It's tough. Three you, and oh, you three feel you feel conflicted because of what he's done, but I do think that if you just look on the on the court, and I hate when people do this and say, "Don't just divorce everything he's yeah. done off the court." Just yeah. look on the court. Yeah. Yeah. It was you know it catches you a little bit emotionally when you see him crying. You sure. Know? Yeah. He's it's back. important to him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, number six. Doo-doo. The infamous "you can't win without me" practice. Oh now God. this is a conflicting one again because it uh, sort of highlights the you know the sort of incompetence that can follow the Timberwolves franchise sometimes, but also a very entertaining and very fun moment. Just of the to Jimmy set Butler you saga. up, <laughs> Jimmy Butler wants to be traded. Sure, and so we said, stay away from the team. Yeah, we're going to trade you. But Thibodeau was like, actually, I'm not going to trade him. I think if we win enough games, he's just going to want to stay. So we'll act like we're trading him. We'll tell him we're trading him. And we'll just start the season. And at this point, Jimmy Butler realizes, oh, my God, he's not going to trade me. I have to show (laughs) him practice because he's going to make me play regular season games. So I just can't sit out of all preseason. I got to show up for a practice. And Bernie Lee develop. Let me tell you about Bernie Lee. Make the call to Rachel Nichols. One of the people that I have just eyes wide open. I didn't know anything about Bernie Lee before this. And all of a sudden now you hear reports. There's someone in the the practice with the Sixers who is being disrespectful. I'm like, this is a Bernie Lee source. I can tell who Bernie Lee is because he has one NBA client and is super messy with how he deals with stuff. Yeah. So the you can't win without me was yeah national news and really kind of was really made the Timberwolves kind of the laughing stock of the NBA for a few weeks there. But it can't be can't be counted out of this this countdown because it was just so ridiculous and. So, and, and the thing I come back to is I it was such an embarrassment the way yeah. he he went on ESPN and it and just the way he talked about just the just the backhanded stuff towards Towns. Just and a way to embarrass the organization too. Him orchestrating an ESPN interview with that the organization has no idea about and them flying into Minnesota. I think it was a tour de force. And in Randy Moss's old house. Uh, that too there's a lot of great things that came out of this practice this is one of the three things on this countdown that i lost an entire afternoon of work to because i just had to be glued to twitter because all the memes were coming out twitter timberwolves twitter is best when we're in crisis that's when we put on our superhero suits and we were making all the best memes all the best jokes um things that came out of this meme wise Hallelujah, blushing, smiley face, praise hands from Nick Wiggins, which is Great. he's being tra- he wants to be traded. Hallelujah, uh, Andrew Wiggins saying, "Old dudes stay hating" in reference to Stephen Jackson. Great meme. Keep that same energy. That was uh, Jimmy Butler on his Instagram video. We also had at one point in the scrimmage, sources says Butler turned to GM Scott Layden and screamed, "You bleeping need me. You can't win without me." Also, apparently, he told an assistant coach to get him some vinaigrette dressing for his salads during this practice. And apparently. Apparently use the third stringers, which I don't know who I don't even know who even cares about a practice win. But it was blown out uh, completely out of proportion, and that's why we have to say it was one of the craziest moments of the season. Right, and, and Adrian tweeted, "Jimmy Butler is back." He's back. He also tweeted that Jimmy was a tour de force, which I loved. John Krasinski brought that back after Wiggins last game and said Wiggins was a tour, tour de, de force. force. That's right. So tour de force is your new Tim Rules meme of the year, everyone. All right, hit me with that swish. Yeah, number five, the Carl Anthony Towns extension. Whoop, whoop. Got it done. Locked up. Went down to the, the wire there. Everyone was kind of nervous for a Suck little bit. Suck haters. A little bit, little bit worried there for a moment. I loved it. Finally, Towns signed on the dotted line for the no-brainer Max extension. Kevin O, I write bad stuff in a tribute to the Rainer curse when I can't show that I actually know what I know about basketball. Wrote an article this week about the five unicorns who could be leaving their team, and he wrote... 
Carl Anthony Towns could be leaving this team in 2024. And they're like, this team should be, they were like, they promoted this article, like tweeting, like, who's the next big player to move? Who's pre-agency? This is the next pre-agency. Carl's five-year deal doesn't start until next year. And the national media is like, the national media is like, we can only talk about the Timberwolves in terms of who they're going to give to the big teams. It's only fair to really talk about one at a time. Right now it's AD. Next is Giannis. We're going to go on from there. Looking at Towns all the way down to 2024 is pretty ridiculous. (laughs) After this year, we got him for five more. You know, come on. Uh, Come on. He doesn't even have an uh, option on the end of that, too. They don't care about our teams except who we can offer to the best teams. To me, that is the thing about this Cat extension that people don't really realize. Cat could have had uh, an option on that fifth year. Instead, straight five, no option for you. That's right. Cat got taken taken a little bit on this deal. He should have. If he was really worried about it, he should have got that option on the fifth year. And he also has to make an all-NBA team to make make the the, full max. The full super max, which with the centers, it doesn't look likely. But just to make one comment. Comment is I try to make a statement um, just not doing this on Twitter when I see ridiculous articles like that because I don't I don't want to get I don't want to have that beef because yeah. it's so easy to fall into that stuff. I agree I agree but at the same time it's like dude you're writing about something that might possibly maybe could happen in 2024 why don't you spend your time on writing about something that's happening right now yeah. well this is the i just started watching nathan for you oh, in the God. past month wow the best a great oh, show. what a great show the but best. it really does go to the show like if you do something very controversial or upsetting you'll get all the attention so yeah. why not write that the timberwolves need to trade towns even though he's here for the next why six not? years because right. you're gonna get the clicks you know it was a great moment to get him locked up though that's that's crucial he's here my girlfriend says i look good all right moving on number four Number four, Prince Knight. That's right. Wolves finally unveiled Prince jerseys. Uh, two, in fact. And uh, Don't make me chase you. Even those here are bright. God, Dario. Dario was here in time uh, for the Prince Knight. I was there. That's right. I went Prince there. Knight, Prince Neil Knight. wasn't there. John was probably there. You were Wolves there, right? got the win we against beat Portland. Portland, which yep. is great because yep. that's a team that... I'm always man, there. By the I'm way, always. everyone, our division... It's just the champion division. We have yeah. OKC, Minnesota, Denver, Utah, and Portland. All five teams in our division can make the playoffs maybe, this year. Maybe. That is, I'm flexing my so, muscles, and you can't see it on the mic, oh, but I'm huge. ripped. They're huge. They look super solid. Wow. They're, wow, they're tripling. You're going to 40 keep, dingers keep, this keep, year. Keep I was at, away from the mic. I was at Prince Knight. They had Morris Day at halftime. Amazing. Morris Day had someone with a mirror dancing around him. <laughs> All of the, like, the, the stomp, stomp, clap was a guitar, you know, going with it they had prince's dj they, they had it. the paisley backgrounds it was an amazing night not only did we win but the timberwolves did they pulled out the stops in a way i've never seen them do like it was clear like it's easy to say like oh you're just cashing in on prince they did it they they pulled out all the stops you could see them giving a lot of consideration and those uniforms Beautiful. Oh, that night I bought my Taj God. Gibson 67, oh, everybody. Nice. Oh, my God. Nice, man. I, I'm wearing it tomorrow. I okay, can't wait. Okay, so from last year, the only two teams to keep their city jerseys over to this year, Utah, with their like gradient red and stuff, and yeah. I believe the, the Miami Heat. No, um, Miami changed well, it. Well, yeah. They, they, they went from white sure, to black. Sure. They, they kind of kept the motif and you yeah, know, changed, changed the colors. The color. But do you think the Wolves will keep them or maybe like go for another version of them? Like, do you think that they are so popular that they will continue on with them in some version next year? They they gotta keep them. It, it, I I think it's unanimous. Like, who? I'm not, I, I don't think I've seen a person say, "Oh, those Prince jerseys." No one are bad. doesn't like them. They're such a hit. I yeah. hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do because they're great. They should. 
the only thing that makes me worry is that they're licensing this probably right. from the Prince Estate, so you got to pay the license fee yeah. probably every year. It's probably not as easy as saying, yeah. oh, we have a sunset pattern. No one wants that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hope they do, though, because in Zach Lowe's terrific article about the making of these jerseys yeah. and what went into them, they said like some of the rejected designs were like the Mississippi River sure. and Bob Dylan, and I don't want to see those. No. And also, I'm hoping that after the success of these Prince jerseys, now we have purple and white with purple with the city earned editions i'm just hoping we eventually realize we should just have purple jerseys every day you know so i'm hoping they stick i won't rest until they introduce the grain belt jerseys all right the grain belt that's right bring them on on. in the show notes put them there you'll see them neil and i designed a bunch of city jerseys including a prince one that they definitely took inspiration from maybe paisley's coming next guy or the first i liked your first avenue one neil oh one of those i could love to see that all right next up all right, number three, the OKC game. Yep, it just happened uh, this week, but uh, I'm still buzzing. It's one of the best moments. I'm of the glad season. Neil that we delayed this podcast. There was a thought. I hosted office trivia at Darby's tonight, yeah. a special theme night Thursday night at Darby's, uh-huh. and so we were originally going to record this on Wednesday, Wednesday yesterday. Yeah. And I was riding such a high from that game. I would have. I was ready to do an entire podcast that about night. that game. So I'm glad we added an extra yeah. 24 hours. Let me cool down. I a mean, little it's bit. clearly the best game of the season, and it's on so many levels you have the ryan saunders first game and you have the wiggins 40 10 4 game also i wasn't on twitter because i watched it later after it recorded yeah, yeah, yeah. did anyone comment about how andrew basically killed a guy by dunking uh that yeah. was rough that was scary that was it was scary. extremely scary the way nerland's well, his head hit the that, floor it was totally it was, scary well, the scary thing was okay. apparently he was knocked out in the air, in the air. He was, yeah he was wow. concussion and then concussion i only hope that this doesn't scare andrew away from That's dunking in the future it's like, like wiggins is going hard he's going through him all the time it's andrew's like, oh, no. like now he's never gonna andrew's like with great responsibility comes great power you know, like I, I can't dunk on these guys. I couldn't believe Thunder fans were trying to come at Andrew like he did something uh, wrong. I mean, I I mean, Thunder fans it. are very I anal, it, by the but way. After the fact, you got to realize. And Steve Adams said after the game, he said he was not trying to hurt him. You know, all this stuff. So I hope that it's not a thing that lingers. But this yeah. game, that's just an example of like this game had so much stuff. T getting ejected, you almost forget about all the things that happened because it was such an amazing game. So proud of Jeff for sticking up because Schroeder was very upset that game. He thought he that was, Wiggins was yeah. laughing it, which yeah. is another irresponsible kind of takeaway that whole every there was a lot of irresponsible stuff that came over this game right we can talk about that but the one thing that i just i i loved so much just beyond the way the team came together the together the the unity that they displayed um was just watching wiggins drive right and they suck in down onto him a Kogi, he's in the right corner three. He's like 0 for 4 from three. He's having a horrible <laughs> oh shooting game. And for Josh to hit that shot, to go up 119, 115, that's a huge shot. And shot, he's a rookie, and huge, I'm so proud huge of for him. Josh, but also a great decision by Wiggins of yeah. getting doubled and passing it to the open man. Mm-hmm. Like people say that Andrew Wiggins hasn't improved, and like his, that's an example right his there. passing vision has been so good the past year others. and a half. Yeah. You know? yeah, you gotta be able to create for others, and that's something where. And he didn't he even hesitate. He wasn't like, I'm the guy tonight, no, I'm knew. scoring 40. I'm the yeah. guy who has to take the responsibility. Even in the most crucial possession of the game, yeah. he deferred. That's some LeBron James stuff. Yeah, that was wonderful. So that's why OKC, that was just an amazing game. I Can mean, we talk about Wiggins real quick? Yeah, let's go. Here's the thing I've been saying. I've been talking to Abdi. Quick. Shouts to Abdi. He's a uh, front desk at NPR. He's Hi, great. Abdi. He plays hoops with us sometimes. What's R- up? Really good shooter. He also gives us a good shoot, uh, kind of shot fake drive to the rim thing. <laughs> 
Uh, I was talking with Abdi, and I was saying, like, all season I've been saying, you know what? Andrew Wiggins seems to have his best games when everyone else is out. Like, there's a bunch of injuries, and he has to just rise to the occasion. There's no Rose, Teague, Andrew Wiggins starts averaging 20. Cat's out for the whole game with foul trouble. Andrew Wiggins scores 40. It's it seems almost like- if his usage percentage explodes, <laughs> we get Rose, something out of yeah, him. When Rose but I also out. think it's something not just on the usage percentage, because that kind of seems like the coaches are directing yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think Andrew has something in him where he only he only performs when he has to, which that's a tough catch twenty two. Okay, we're gonna take sixty seconds real yeah. quick. Uh. Neil, oh my God, Neil, you got Ugh. this. He you knows. got this. Ugh. You we're got late. this. Neil's oh, always well. like, Ugh. okay. I'm gonna take forty five seconds. Neil's that better? <laughs> oh, much better. All right. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Andrew Wiggins. I wrote this into a Wolves Cast Digest that I never published. There's been four or five. <laughs> Um, and one of it is that Andrew Wiggins is all of us. We all like to think. I remember when we got Jimmy, everyone was like, Jimmy's like, I'm waking up at five. I'm doing my workouts and stuff. And Jimmy maximizes himself in a way that we all want to be. We all want to be that guy. But you know what? None of us are getting up early before work to go work out. None of us are, you know, going to bed early. We all are making compromises in our life. I could be a better employee at Minnesota Public Radio if I went to bed two hours earlier, but I don't do that because that's just me. That's just me living my life. You're saying you can relate to the I've flaws. Got, time to become more mature and Andrew Wiggins seems like the same way we're like if you ultimately tried to maximize yourself every minute of your life you would be the best player but Andrew's not about that he's about living his life and rising to the occasion when he needs to and that's I identify with that because that's the same with me we're like I'm happy to coast if everyone else is doing their job if everyone else F's up and lets us down I will rise to the occasion and carry us but I'm not going to do that every day because I don't want to and I just think like it's easy for us as fans to idealize the players who embody what we want to be we all want to be the guy who maximizes our talent but how many of us can actually say that we are maximizing our talent how many of us can say we're reaching 100% of our potential I would like to think most of us are like we're reaching 60 to 70% of our potential but we're happy because we're leaving 30% on the table and so I'm just saying Andrew Wiggins is all of us yeah and I don't want to toss water on a number three moment of the game here of the season here but you know for Wiggins we've seen not maybe not to this level this is maybe one of the best games of his career we've seen these flashes from him and it's not about the flashes it's about him reaching a level of consistency that you expect out of a max player like him. So let's just hope that these next 40 games he can at least you know be a little more consistent on both ends of the floor. Um, number three. Number two, the Jimmy Butler trade. Yes, the Jimmy Butler trade, the second top moment um, of this season. I mean, it was just good news. It was great. I mean, the team had lost five in a row on the West Coast uh, road trip. Um, this was long overdue. Obviously, we talked about Tibbs not wanting to trade him after the quest- request had been made. And it finally happened, but not only did it happen, we liked the we liked the return, right? The return it was great. I also think it was maybe a little unexpected. I mean, I know I was that it was that good. I when it happened. No, well, I thought like number one, I thought it was going to be Miami, and then I uh, thought maybe it was Houston. I yeah. did. I never really heard rumors about sure. Shaw Rich yeah, and Covington yeah. until it happened. Those names weren't out there necessarily. I, yeah. th- I thought it was gonna. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought it was gonna linger a little bit longer. Yeah. And I remember waking up to a phone call Saturday when it when it went down. I had stayed up pretty late. It wasn't uh, Saturday. Uh, I also woke up to that and, news. Um, I, I might have been a little bit hungover, but <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I woke up to a phone call and I got the news. Immediately thrilled. 
immediately crack a beer. Yeah. Because yeah. local blogger man is re- <laughs> rejuvenated. <laughs> and I just love my it. My favorite headline. My favorite. Thank you. And I and the reason I loved it is I've always been a big Rocco guy. I, I love his defense and he's a three and D guy. And how many how many years in a row do we have to talk about it? Can we yeah. find a three and D guy? guy? Yeah, great And also, player. by the way, a three and great D contract. guy, maybe one of the best five three and D guys in the league. Yeah. yeah. Both ways. For First what team. a contract, First right? Team defense. Locked yeah. up yeah. for a small amount of money for the next four years. And then you look at Dario, and uh, I think it's interesting. He is a huge piece in this future moving forward. I don't yep. know what kind of contract he's going to get, but I think I think his ceiling is actually uh, a lot higher than the average fan might think. The way he cuts, the way he rebounds, the way yeah. he can wall up, he can shoot. We saw it in the OKC game. He just needs to be empowered. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm worried about losing Thibodeau. Thibs was great at lowering contract value. Like, we're always worried, <laughs> Tyus is going to leave. How can we afford Tyus? And Tibbs is like, I'm just going to not play, play Tyus. Really, yeah. It's the same That's with Dario. It. It's like, how are we going to afford Dario? He's going to afford a huge contract when he gets up for the money. And Tibbs is like, no, we're just not going to play him. I thought Tibbs was very good at depressing future contract values for his players. So, yeah, that's number two. Butler trade, awesome. Also, we went on this huge win streak. We had like 12 of 14 games at home. And that was was like the happiest stretch where you're like, not only did we make a trade, but we won that trade. You know? That's right. And finally, let's get to uh, number one. Number one, Tom Thibodeau fired. Has to be said. Uh, I know we just spent You're 25 fired. minutes talking about it, but you know what? Uh, this is the most important part of the season. I feel like we finally have. You know, we can now look forward. We can, you know, you know, turn to Ryan. We'll see how that goes, Ryan Saunders. But more than anything, now it is going to be a a new regime coming in uh, in the upcoming summer, and whatever they do with the team, we will see. But it just feels nice to sort of be past something that obviously had uh, outstayed its welcome. So yeah, I will say I think we probably all. T- touched upon where we were at when we heard the news and how we feel about it. But one thing I, uh, you know, I haven't necessarily talked about is just how much more interested it makes me in the team. Yeah. There was a lull. Yeah. I have to apologize. Yeah. John, I'm sorry. I haven't done Wolf's Cast Digest in a few weeks. And I have second, to apologize to apology. everybody else as I actually have had this feeling too. Yeah. Over we're, the last couple, like maybe four to eight weeks. Right. It's like, I'm just like kind of exhausted with the way the team was going. And I just felt that way. After the trade, we had that great home stretch that we just talked about where we won like 9-3 of three or whatever, and we were great. And then after that, it... It, like we lost some games, we won some games, but the thing is, we got boring. I just I was not finding anything to talk about about these games, and like yeah, it's kind of mundane and yeah, right. And, and that might happen with Ryan, but it was just like well, we during that over, yeah. during that period, it was maybe the first time in the last three or four years where I was just like, I don't have anything to say about this team besides what they do on the court. Like I'll watch the games, but after the games, I don't I don't have anything to add. Yeah. All right, well, that was the number one. That is our power rankings for our top moments of uh, the first half of the season. The second half, what will happen? We don't know. We'll find out. But uh, for now, it's time to get to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, uh, time for Weekly Wolfies, giving out awards to good or bad things. Scott, why don't you get us started this week on Weekly Wolfies? What you got? I have a bad Wolfie. Okay, that's all right. That's usually your thing. Yeah, no. Neil's the negative one. No, here. no, we'll take it. You might oh, have noticed. Wow. We'll take it. I've got a bad Wolfie, though, and it goes to me. Oh. I deserve this. Looking inward. Wow. I had Self-critical. Too, I just had too much what respect growth? for ESPN. Oh. Because, you know, there are a lot of, you know, the whole fake news thing yeah. that's going on. One of the things that's made me realize is, like, 
most of the like most trusted names of the news, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Minnesota Public Radio, even the Star Tribune, a lot of these websites, like I ha- I'm a journalism major. I know what it means to like have like sound journalism. And a lot of the major I, I, a lot of people don't trust the news because cable news sucks. Never get your news from TV. Sure. But if you trust most of the major print stuff, they have really sound journalistic principles. And I felt that ESPN as the quote nationwide wheat leader. Yeah. A lot of times exe- exemplified a lot of strong journalistic principles. And this week it made me question it because ESPN decided to run an article about Andrew Wiggins post game conference conference after the OKC game where people, a couple people, not even the majority, I'd say like 90% of the people were like, Andrew didn't say this, but a few people said that they thought they heard Andrew calling uh, Dennis Schroeder gay. Yeah, it was misunderstood. And they ran an article about it and almost everyone said like, oh, the caveat, you know, we thought we heard this. Maybe you don't hear this. Take a listen for yourself. Check it out. Andrew said this immediately afterwards, whereas ESPN was very irresponsible and was just like, he said it and we're going to repeat it several times. I started, we're going to put in the headline. And then once they were corrected, they're like, okay, we'll change the headline, but we're going to leave the text of the thing the same way. Mm. And the Timberwolves uh, PR guy was just like, we contacted ESPN five or six times. This is a shame. It's going to follow Andrew Wiggins for the rest of his career. He's tweeting me. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I will say because I was very, I was very unhappy. Yeah. With Neil it will as well. link it in the show notes because I was yeah. definitely into that. And it's just like the first clip I heard, I was like, yeah, it sounds like he says gay. I could understand yeah. Wiggins' opinion, saying this is what he said, and people in the room, I trust their context. But it sounds like he says gay. And then I heard it from a different angle, and it's very clear he says getting right. instead There's of multiple gay. recordings. And it's saying. just like yeah. one of those things. Like on one hand, you know, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of what people say off the top of a moment. I'm not making my weekly Wolfie Derek Rose saying kill yourself to fans or uh-huh. Andrew saying gay because stuff happens in the heat of the moment. But I just think that it's super irresponsible for ESPN. They're like the only people, even Royce White, who they're like, originally they gave the byline to Royce Royce, Young. Royce Royce Young. Royce Royce White is the player from Minnesota. We all know him. Royce Young, though, originally had the byline, and then they changed it to just he contributed to the article. And Royce Young is on Twitter saying, ESPN, that's not my story. I agree with John Krasinski. I agree with John's interpretation of the facts. I'm tweeting the quote, how it actually is. Well, Royce Young says what they do with those stories is they take stuff from his his game story his they can take quotes they can take notes whatever yeah, from anything it. and but attribute this, it to him but to your point this shows a very dangerous uh journalistic process or if you want to say right. editorial process because yeah. if royce young doesn't know what is in a story is it a news desk person that is putting this together but that's not even what I was most upset about is 15 hours later and it might, it's probably still, no, up it's still there. there. I checked before okay, I came so, to the pod today. It's so still 30 hours later, it's still up and you refuse to change the copy, which is saying that Andrew said something that he didn't say. I mean, it's it, it not, sucks because all the reporters in their own, every reporter who is in the room does not report that. And yet ESPN is the most public site. They are the most, most attention gets there. And so that's the story, even though it didn't happen. That's the story. They should do better. A weekly Wolfie to ESPN's fact checking. Like, I'm okay. Sometimes yes. with like <laughs> clickbait stuff or you know? correcting. Mistakes. Every major website does some clickbait stuff to get you click on it. I'm not against like that kind of practice. I'm just saying it's I never thought accurate. I never thought ESPN was so irresponsible about truth that they would do that. And so that's why the Wolfie's not on ESPN. It's on me. I messed up. I gave them too much respect and I won't make that mistake again.
All right, John, Weekly Wolfie this week, what you got? Uh, yeah, I wanted to try to think of just a really random one. Okay. Uh, my Weekly Wolfie is going to Kata Bates' job okay. because I feel like I received Yo! my 36th press release this year. <laughs> He's up and down and that up Kata and down. has been called back to the Wolves from Iowa. And I just, I've been thinking the team and they're traveling all across the nation. Neil, you're traveling across <laughs> yeah. the world. Yeah. And here, Kata, he just travels back f- from, from Iowa. Four hours down 35. To Minneapolis. Yeah. From Neil, Iowa to Minneapolis. Neil just, knows that. That road time because <laughs> Neil and I used to live in West Des Moines, yeah, Iowa, yeah, yeah. when I was in first grade. Yeah, and it's uh, totally. McNeil third grade, and we would drive, and it's a four-hour drive Des Moines to Minneapolis. Yes. Kate is back. KBD's got to get my weekly Wolfie because you know he is just he's trusting his process right now. Yeah. That process for him, well, and, and, I, and a, I respect it. Then they have a spot with waving James Nunnally, right? So do you think is the do you think that he'll stay here now, or what do you think? It, it's. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't yeah, know that I I've really it, thought about that. I think it's a great question because Tibbs was so different. And that was my biggest disappointment is that we had a D-League all-star on our D-League team in Emil Jefferson last year. Right. And then the organization let him leave for nothing this summer. Yeah. And so it's just like I used to think Tibbs was forward thinking, being like, if you're not going to get minutes here, let's develop you in Iowa. But it appears that Tibbs doesn't care once you go to Iowa. Right, right, right. And so I'm hoping that the new regime will be like, if you're an all-star in the D-League, we're not going to let you go for nothing. We're going to call you up and be 14th man or something, you know? All right, KBD, there we go. All right, my weekly Wolfie going out to Wolves assistant coach Ed Pickney. Um, he is someone who's been with the team for a while, been in the league um, for a while as assistant coach. I don't think he's ever got a head coaching uh, shot, but, um, you know, with uh, Tibbs, uh, getting fired this week, uh, you know he, uh, he kind of got passed over. Some would think, I guess, for for the interim head coach position to a much younger Ryan Saunders. And you know, we I guess I'm not here to argue that it was Ed's job to have. Obviously, with uh, like we talked about, with Glenn protecting him uh, from from getting fired. But you know, it just takes it takes a big big man, and he is certainly a big man uh, to you know take his lumps like that and kind of have Ryan jump over him for this position. And um, at the end of the OKC game, there's a shot of you know, kind of him giving Ryan some love, giving him a hug. And I just thought it was really cool. And it was really sort of him taking the high road in this whole situation. Um, and, uh, you know, someday I hope Ed gets his shot and it seems like he might, but, and, and John, you were wondering, Hey, does he even want it? Yeah. It's hard <laughs> some to say. Guys might not want Maybe that. Ed is just, yeah. he's not the head coaching type because yeah. it's a lot of responsibility. It's yeah. a lot of pressure. So yeah, totally. well, I think it's easy to look at these jobs as being so high profile. They work on a different spectrum than you and me at our jobs, yeah. but I think it's very relatable for Ed to be like, I'm taking a job with the Timberwolves organization because of Tibbs, but Tibbs leaves and he's like, but this organization is sound, you know, like it just seems like a really relatable thing as an employee. So Ed seems like a cool guy. I've never met him, never talked to him, but he seems like a rad guy. And you weren't allowed to. Yeah, you can't. (laughs) Maybe now we can. Can we (laughs) get him on the pod? Now now I'm going to say, hey, Ryan. That's right. right. It's time to get him on the pod. I bet Ryan would come on this pod. He's so friendly. Let's go. Flips Friday Funkadelic. That's it for Weekly Wolfies. Playing a game real quick. And guess what? This week, I got the game. Oh my god! Dun, dun, dun. I should have dropped. Oh my God! That's right. I'm the one running the game. Scott had uh, had uh, office trivia um, at Darby's tonight to run, so I'm running the trivia here. The hardest at question I had tonight is the hardest question I've ever heard about the office. I asked it to my crowd. That's hard. what is the name of the ship that the office employees go on Ooh, during bro- the boat booze trip. cruise? Boat booze trip. cruise episode. What's the name of the ship? I don't know what. 
I mean, I'd have to look it up. Okay. It's so bad. Thanks. It's like everyone's the yelling at, everyone's yelling It's like at their, at their the Lake right Wama Pock Pock uh, Princess. Is something it's like a, it's a it's a like it's stupid. No one reference. Knows. Only one team knew it out of twenty six teams. All right. Well, our game here today is going to be surrounding unsuccessful Timberwolves coaches. You'll both be playing. That's all of them um, except against for each other. So yeah, all these answers are um, basically all have all the coaches involved except for Flip. Uh, Flip. Um, Saunders had it. He was the only coach to end his Wolves uh, tenure with a winning record, winning overall record. He had a 558 winning percentage. Ooh, and that's our way first, better. Our first question uh, revolves around winning per- percentage. Which coach finished their Wolves tenure with the highest win percentage? I, all of these are going to be multiple choice. Oh. So, um, uh, so which coach finished their Wolves tenure with the highest win percentage? A. Dwayne Casey. B. Tom Thibodeau. C. Rick Adelman. Or D. Kevin McGale. Casey, Thibodeau, Adelman, Mikhail, Scott, what you got? Out of these, it's Thibodeau. Thibodeau? John, what you think? What you think? Scott Scott seems so confident with that answer. I'm so confident. That has to improve. John, same answer. You're going to go with Tibbs as well? Uh, Sorry, it was Adelman, Tibbs. Casey, Thibodeau, Adelman, Mikhail. Three of those four have one coach of the year, right? They're all very close, let me say. Uh... Yeah, I think Tibbs. Tibbs is the answer. Yeah. 475 win percentage. Which is crazy. On one hand, it's like 475 is our second best ever. But yep. at the same time, like I was kind of surprised that 47, Tibbs was as good as 475. He, was, he had two le- losing seasons, then last year was obviously great. I thought he was going to be way below 500, and yet... I think his finishing record was 97 re- and 107. The reputation is, if you're a Hall of Fame coach, come to the Timberwolves to ruin your reputation, a.k.a. Rick Adelman. All right, question number two. Who coached the most total games out of these four? A, Rick Adelman, B, Bill Musselman, C, Randy Whitman, D, Tom Thibodeau. Those are basically the four guys who are underneath Flip for the most games. Adelman, Adelman, Musselman, Whitman, Thibodeau. Ooh, um, these are tough. Most total games. Most total games coached. Yep. Uh, I would say Musselman. Musselman. Mine was between Musselman and Whitman. I'm also going to go Musselman. You're both wrong. Adelman is our winner here. 230 games for Adelman. Musselman, 164. And he played J.J. Brea in every one of those games. Uh, Musselman, 164. Whitman, 143. Thibodeau, 204. Wow. So Adelman by quite a bit, actually. Wow. All right, number three. Shows what I know. Who went on to win the most games after being fired by the Timberwolves? Uh, your, Your choices are Randy Whitman. Kevin McHale, Dwayne Casey, or Sidney Lowe? Casey. I'm going with Casey as well. Casey's the answer, yes. By a lot, by a lot. Those Raptors. He has won 337 games. Reigning coach of the year. Randy Whitman's number two, though, 240. And will Randy Whitman return to the Wolves anytime soon? We don't know. We don't know. No, he won't. (laughs) All right, and finally, who went on to win the least amount of games after being fired by the Timberwolves? There's only three answers here. Kurt Rambis. There's only three answers. There's only three three, um, coaches here who got jobs after being fired by the Wolves. Oh, my God. Sidney Lowe, Kurt Rambis, Kevin McHale. Rambis. I said it already. Who did Sidney Lowe coach after the Wolves? That's a great question. Memphis. I'll oh. say Lowe. <laughs> it Lowe. might be Lowe. It's kind of close, but Scott's right. It's Rambis. Kurt Rambis. Knicks. Kurt Rambis won nine games. He's so... And then was fired by the Knicks. 
Sidney Lowe, 33. Oh, my God. I Kevin w- McHale, not close, 193. He, play, he the coached Rockets, the Rockets yeah. for like four years. I yeah. wish I had a, as a friend who is as good of a friend to me as Phil Jackson was to Kurt Rambis. Yeah, you hooked him up. Uh, he's in L.A. now. I will say that coach. Kurt Rambis is the player who looked the most like you, Neil. There you go. Those yep. basketball cards. Yep, got the headband. You got the, you got the big glasses. All right, that does it for Wolves cast. We did it. We talked about uh, the Tibbs uh, departure and all the things mid-season. Uh, yeah, so thank you for so much for listening. Thank you, John, for being here on the show. A couple Woo-hoo. times a year we like to have you Woo-hoo. on. John, where can people follow you on Twitter? Thanks a lot, guys. Shout out to Lil Flip, a.k.a. Drip Saunders. But, uh, and, yeah, if you hate my nicknames, I don't care. But uh, yeah, you, Twitter. Can find, you can find me uh, at The Daily Wolf. At the Daily Wolf. We'll uh, link Twitter. to it in the show notes. Read Kane Hoopus. We're over there. John's over there. Lots of other good writing is over there. Please check it out, SB Nation. Whenever I post the next Wolf's Cast Digest, it'll be super long Ooh, because I've been be over there. I've had a rough draft going for like four weeks. And it's just a mess. I just need to push you a little. Like harder. all things in my life, creatively, it's a mess. And there if you go. can see the order through the sometimes. chaos, then you consider me a genius. Otherwise, you consider me avant-garde. All right, next week uh, and the following week after that, Scott and Robert will have you. You'll be in the capable hands of Scott and Robert. Robert. He's been one of the elite defenders in the league for a long time. That's right. So make sure you check that out, and I'll be back in a couple weeks. Including and, Wolves yeah. Cast 100, two Ooh, weeks from Wolves now. Cast this is episode 100. 98, number 100. will be Coming two weeks soon. from now. Neil won't be here, it's but we're going to do something fun. I'm going to call in. I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea about what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. Please stick around for the end of, end of the show. We are going to play we're, uh, one last time the Tom Thibodeau DMX remix. Coach him up. Check it out. Oh! Uh. Uh. Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me call time out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me trade Romeo Up in here, up in here I'm gonna take us to the playoffs It ain't gon' be quick I start 321, you roads to suck my hood And all those other guys we run with the bench Cause they not sick How we gon' win, treating games like a picnic Every day I say it we need more grit Way down in our core grit Go do more grit Yo, remind me of a strip club Cause every time I come around It's like, what? I'm too old for this strip club And I don't know sometimes Just who I'm talking to You wanna be here I am Let me do, do what I, I do. do Or you gon' find yourself Buried in the back of the west And you swore that I was the best Defense has been an issue Searching for a fix of that But look at the long view The flat out strong view That's why I'm in this place That you might call my realm A dark room watching game film Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me call time out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me trade Romeo Up in here, up in here Shout out to Dolph Rivers Ice Shout out to KG Go, go Shout out to Matinee Movies Get him Shout out to Wolfcast! Great show, great show! Shout out to the Tim's Bullet Pin! Ice! Close the gap! Shout out to Salem, Massachusetts! To Salem State University! Go Vikings! Go! Go! Get him!